Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Health Ignited, and I'm flying solo uh, again today. Uh, this is hopefully be the last time because I, I just jive so much with uh, the energy that my amazing wife, Dr. Sonny, gives off. But uh, I'm here with an incredible guest. We're going to geek out on mushrooms and everything to do with optimizing your health through uh, understanding this ancient medicine. So today my guest is Megan, also known as Mimi. Uh, She's a culinary nutrition expert, uh, AHCC educator, which we're going to get her to explain that in much more detail. Registered dental hygienist. Actually, my sister's a dental hygienist as well, by the way. Yeah, there you go. And uh, host of the Medicine Podcast. So she has been helping people prevent disease for over 10 years now by educating and empowering individuals to be their own best health advocates. Today, her primary area of disease prevention education surrounds immune intel AHCC plus other medicinal mushrooms. Unfortunately, there is a significant gap between the clinical research of mushrooms and the general public. Isn't that the truth? So Mimi is committed to being the link between research and public via online education, social on social media and her podcast, The Medicine. Uh, and then she's got a bunch of other courses and things that we're going to talk about. And her website is getmimifit.com. Amazing name. And uh, just a quick little recap. I got a chance to listen to you on, on one of my mentors podcast, Dr. Pompa. And, and you're educating people on such an important area of, of medicine and research and, and health. And that sort of leads me into my first question is like, how did you develop a love affair with, with medicinal mushrooms? Like, tell me about that because it's just fascinating. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. And I love Dr. Pompa. He is uh, just a, a, a mogul <laughs> in this space of health and wellness and holistic health. And so anyone connected to Dr. Pompa, I know I'm going to like right away. So um, I appreciate you having me on today. Um, yeah. So my love affair with medicinal mushrooms, I love the way that you put that. And um, really, I feel like all good stories all good relationships, love affairs come out of a a place of, I, I need to transform. I need to, there's something going on in my life and I'm going to dig into this for myself. Um, And that's really what happened uh, for me. Um, Like you mentioned in my intro, I'm a registered dental hygienist, um, have been for uh, eight years now. And, um, I was working in a very busy, uh, high-end Seattle office and loved my job, loved what I did. Um, I I absolutely loved teaching people about uh, oral health and how it relates to their systemic health. But I was sort of living like a double life because I was also a nutrition coach on the side. So I kind of had a little side hustle and helping people, mostly the people that were coming to me were like, they were trying to lose weight or moms after pregnancy or, you know, people who are just trying to get healthier. And so I, I was doing that, but what I wasn't showing the world or my family or, or um, anyone really was that I was struggling myself with my own battles, my own inner demons, if you will. And really, it, it came um, out of, uh, it was self-induced, definitely. I was the, you know, typical working out eight days a week and eating super, super, super clean to the point where it was almost like um, orthorexic tendencies where we're taking healthy habits too far, right? To the point where it actually becomes detrimental to your health, where you're eating so clean and eating so and and working out so much that you're that I was actually in a a deficit for a long period of time, which as (laughs) I don't have to tell you, but is really, really hard on young women's bodies. And um, Mm -hmm. so 
this was on the tail end also of a divorce. I divorced my high school sweetheart. Spoiler alert, we came back together. So it's wow. it's actually a happy, happy ending. Um, but with that divorce, I was going through a lot of emotional baggage and emotional trauma that I wasn't willing to face. And that takes a huge toll on someone's psyche and overall health and stress levels and just these stress buckets that get so full. And even though I was doing all the healthy things, I was clearly not healthy. My hair was falling out in clumps in the shower. My skin was blowing up with acne. Um, I had a rash on half of my body that was totally unexplained. Still to this day, I have no idea what that was, but it was I had it for six months. Um, I lost my period. Um, I couldn't digest any of my food. So I would eat the cleanest, healthiest foods and it would come back up because I had no stomach acid. Uh, my digestion was just so off. My microbiome was just so thrown off, but I looked healthy-ish from the outside and I could speak the lingo. So people assumed I was really healthy. And I think that there are a lot of people who are going through this kind of, roller coaster and just this wheel, this hamster wheel of health mm. that's not really health. So I reached rock bottom emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally, all of those things. And I, I got to a point where I was just like, I need to focus on me. I, I have to do something for me. I have to step away from dental hygiene. I have to step away like drop the weights, <laughs> literally like step away from exercise for six weeks and just focus on myself. So I actually moved back home to my hometown, moved in with my parents at 28, little bit of an ego sting, but it was okay. I knew that it was, it was for the best in the long run. And I discovered the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. And I've always been super interested and intrigued by nutrition. And this was a little bit of a different approach in that we were really looking at how do we use food as medicine, not just to get lean and cut, but how do we use food as truly, you know, looking at different diseases and conditions in the body, how do they manifest? And then how do we also use food uh, to, to heal the body, right? And so that was really the, the, the basic premise of this, um, this program that I went through. And um, loved it, absolutely loved it. And then um, at the same time, I was also studying and researching um, AHCC, which you mentioned a couple times in the intro. Um, that is like um, one of my biggest passions in life right now. And um, it is a derivative of shiitake mushrooms. And I actually learned about it from working in the dental hygiene, in my dental hygiene office. Um, from one of our patients who contracted HPV um, at like 55, 60 years old, and her naturopath recommended this mushroom, she called it. And I was so intrigued because it worked. It worked for her. And at the time, I had no idea uh, that there was even anything that someone could do to to help their body clear HPV aside from just like eating healthy. And so I was super intrigued, dove into the research first on, you know, Dr. Google. And then I saw that there was actually a whole research association dedicated to AHCC. So I was like, okay, this stuff is legit. That was in 2000, end of 2017. And I haven't stopped researching it, talking about it, teaching people about it since. Um, and so this was happening at the same time that I was in the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. And I actually created a food called Brain Hits that had AHCC in it. Mm -hmm. And it was the only AHCC food on the market. Most people have no idea what that is, even people who have been in this space for a long time. And uh, so I, I really saw that there was this need for more education. And I just had this idea one day to get it delivered into this tasty bite of, you know, sort of like a, a cookie dough type experience, but with all these healing foods um, and healing nutrients uh, meant for to heal, um, to help heal uh, the brain after traumatic brain injury. So things like mm -hmm. omega-3s and antioxidants and really anti-inflammatory foods. So this is a very long-winded answer to how I love even it. discovered and, awesome. and learned about, and, and really this is what developed my love affair, as you called it, with medicinal mushrooms, is my own need of 
you know, I need to be better. I need to get healthy. What are these things that I can uh, absorb and, and use in my own life to really be my own best health advocate? And the first was really AHCC. And, you know, I was kind of dabbling in, you know, like the Four Sigmatic products, which is basically where a lot of people start um, because they've done a lot of work on bringing medicinal mushrooms to the mainstream of like, this is something we should all be doing to some degree. So um, I, I was kind of messing around with uh, medicinal mushrooms like reishi and chaga and lion's mane and cordyceps, but I didn't really have like a super fundamental knowledge of, of these different modalities of, of health. And so that's, um, that's where I really like got into medicinal mushrooms was out of a, a need for myself to, to, yes, I was going and seeing doctors, but as great as my integrative practitioner was, I was only seeing her once every other week or so. Like, what about the other time? You know, what about, what about when I'm just like at home by myself, I, I need more tools and knowledge. So um, really that's where I adopted this, this style or this attitude of being, being our own best health advocate apart from your doctor, as great as they are, you have to be your own best health advocate. So that's where it all started. Wow. I mean, there's so many messages in there. And I think one of the, one of the key ones, when people tune into this, they, you know, they see you either on video, they, they go to your website and they're like, how does this, this woman who's got it all together doing the exercise, eating all the right food, you know, uh, well, if she, if she gets sick, well, of course I'm going to get sick. You know, how did you deal with that sort of, you know, understanding that you had at the time? Cause that you, you mentioned, you know, moving back home for a bit, the dismantling of the relationship, you know, temporarily, of course. Um, but that's, that's a huge blow for most people to go like, you know, I, I'm exercising, I'm doing everything right. And how much, I mean, I guess my first two parts, one is, you know, how do you help educate people that, you know, it's not just about your exercise and your diet. And then number two is, um, you know, what about the environment? You know, you think of like a dental office, you know, there's probably a lot of, you know, whether or not your dentist use mercury fillings and whatnot, but we know that stuff aerosolized. So how much of that side of things do you think also played a role in, and then um, Go ahead, take it away. <laughs> yes, no, I think that those are, th that's great. So the first part was, how do I teach people now that uh, it's more than just aesthetics, it's more than just diet and exercise. Of course, those are two huge pillars when it comes to overall health. But, you know, I think that a lot of that pressure and um, I guess uh, restrictive nature comes from our society and culture and diet culture and kind of this pressure on women to look a certain way and that women's bodies really like the, the form that we're supposed to take is really goes <laughs> in and out like fashion trends. Yeah. And that's really, you know, it's, it's something that I feel like maybe is being talked about more just with the invention of social media and things like you can hear more about it, but it's still very much a thing where, you know, 10 years ago, it was, you want to be this size and this shape. And now it's Kim Kardashian body and get the hourglass shape and the pressure. I'm not going to just put it all on culture and society because we are responsible for ourselves. But I, I think first that awareness needs to be there, that that is a thing. And if you're not even aware that, that comes in and out like fashion trends that you might become you, you know, any woman listening or man really, but I, I feel like it happens more to women. Um, if you're not even aware that that's a thing in our culture, that it changes so much <laughs> that you could become kind of victim to this, th these trends that are not in your best interest. And um, I think that it requires a little bit of a lot, I would say, a uh, self-reflection and starting there, like, what is my relationship with my body? What is my relationship with how I view myself in the mirror? And of course, this, this body love uh, conversation, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> episode in and of itself. But really, it starts with reflection. And where am I at? And getting that baseline, you can't transform anything until you start, you start observing and listening to your own self. What are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? What are these grooved pathways that I've been in? You know, I, I, I dealt with that for a long time was what are these grooved pathways that, that I have in my brain that make me want to restrict and control and cut out, you know, when I want to get healthy, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that it, you know, it, that's the first step is really taking a hard look, a magnifying glass at your own 
intentions and it's a little bit of a time. It's a total journey. It's not a flip of a switch. This has taken me three plus years to really develop a healthy relationship with my own body and movement and nutrition that I'm doing everything that I'm doing out of love for my body that I want to live the best expression of my life. And it's not because I want to look a certain way, you know, with my, my selfies or my partner is pu putting pressure on me or whatever. So it's that's kind of a broad general answer. It's perfect, yeah. But um, I think that it requires awareness on the woman's part and and men to to realize that there is this very real pressure on women. And although we are responsible ultimately for our actions and intentions as it comes to you know um, being being healthy overall, but there is a huge pressure. And, and um, it's, it's not going away <laughs> with social media. I would say it's even just um, gotten exponentially bigger. So um, I would say that that's the, that's the first part is really examining yourself <clears throat> and taking it one step at a, at a time. It's not going to be a transformation overnight, but it's so worth it to get to that place where you're doing everything out of love for yourself rather than, oh, I got to go kick my own butt in the gym because I ate a certain way or because I splurged or because I did this or because I did that, or my body is tired and it's really telling me I don't want to work out, but I have to look good in my bikini for my Vegas vacation. Like that is so detrimental to not only the body, but also the psyche. So over time, just know that there's going to have crazy diminishing results <laughs> on both of those things. So you're better off taking control in, in a good way, taking um, really monitoring your own intentions with that. Um, my answer was so long, I forgot the second part. No, that's question. good. It, it's, it's so important that you, you shared that because, you know, it's, it's what most people feel, you know, men and women aside, absolutely. I'd say there's definitely more pressure on women, especially, you know, you know, let's say childbirth, and then you're expected to look the same way afterwards, uh, you know, all the way to the, the social pressure. So the way you're speaking to is so important because, it's not outside in medicine. It's, it's inside out. It's, it's outside. It's, it's, it's everything. And mm -hmm. until we really embrace that in, in a healthy relationship, we're going to keep getting stuck on the hamster wheel, as you said. Yeah. Um, so this part two is, uh, you know, how much of the environment yes. uh, of the dental office do you think impacted some of your symptoms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that was definitely part of it. It's so funny that we're having this conversation on, um, I actually released an episode uh, on my pad podcast today, all about dental health pillars and talking Amazing. about, um, I know it's beautiful synchronicity, yeah. <laughs> um, talking about these huge dental health pillars um, that we, we can't we, we have to start here, just like nutrition and movement and sleep and healthy relationships are the major pillars of overall wellness with anything related to the mouth. There's these, these huge pillars that I talk about. And one of them is mercury amalgam fillings and, you know, seeing, making sure you're seeing a biological dentist to get them taken out. And, um, and so, yes, I, I do think that there was some level of toxicity just in my environment all the time um, from chemicals to different dental products. We were not an office that used, we didn't place mercury amalgam fillings, but we did do a lot of removal, not me personally, but the dentist. And of course, there's just vapors everywhere. Um, and we, she was a great dentist, fabulous dentist, um, highest ethical standards for sure. Um, but it's inescapable. <laughs> if you're working in a, a semi-small office, you're going to be breathing those things in, even if you wear a mask. Mm -hmm. um, and so surprise, I, surprise. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so I think that there was some of that. Of course, it's like impossible to measure. Yeah. Um, but there definitely was some level of toxicity added to my stress and toxicity buckets through that. I am sure of it. Um, I would say the majority was definitely self-induced because I, I know what I was, what I was doing and what I was not doing. Um, but, uh, at the time I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is because I work in a dental office with mercury vapors going on. It was, it was mostly like, I think it was what I was doing and how hard I was pushing myself and the fact that I was not getting a little meta here, but I was not dealing with the emotional mm -hmm. trauma and baggage. Uh, I was not willing to look at certain parts of myself that I was basically ashamed of um, in my relationship and through my divorce. So that took a huge toll on, on my health as well.
My goodness. Absolutely. And, you know, what you speak to all the time too, and, and what we do as well is, is this, you know, perfect storm of situations of the emotional, the, the biochemical, the environmental and everything in between and all of it, you know, creating impact and havoc on the body. So, you know, enter mushrooms. Mushrooms have an incredible remediation role inside the body. So let's like, let's geek out on what do mushrooms do in our, you know, in the forest or in the environment and then, yeah. and then, and talk about that synergy into the body. Mm, love it. Okay. So my, one of my, my most favorite things to talk about <laughs> is the intelligence, the dynamic intelligence of mushrooms. But when we, when we say mushroom, really what that means is the fruiting body, right? The little thing that pops up through the grass that has a little umbrella shape. They come in all different shapes and sizes, but really the whole mushroom organism, the whole fungal organism is uh, there's parts of it that we don't see. And the, the, the part that I'm mainly speaking to is called the mycelia. And the mycelia is basically like a network of intelligence that is every step of grass that you step on, every inch in the forest is covered by millions and millions and millions of filamental miles of this mycelia. And you can think of it kind of like a root structure. Uh, you know, if you look at it under a microscope, it has these kind of root structure type uh, shape, but it's so much more than just you know, anchoring the mushroom organism into the into the ground, into the earth. The mushroom itself, the fruiting body, is really the end stage. It's really the end um, of the of the mushroom or the fungal organism life cycle. They're really only around for like three to five days. This mycelia can live for thousands and thousands of years, and that's really what gives life to the mushroom organisms. Um, so mycelia is really, really important for our earth. It's sending and receiving nutrients and information in our, in our forest and in nature um, to other plant life and um, trees and flowers and things. The, the forest is not, it's not a um, kill or be killed. It's not a, uh, I'm going to take from here. And, you know, it's not this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like competitive, mm -hmm. it, it is synergistic. And mycelia is, I would say, a huge part of that. I would say the, the majority of the synergistic qualities that happened in happen in nature is due to the, um, the, the, the intelligence of this mycelia. So that's how they, uh, they operate in nature. And so then when we're able to actually take that into our own bodies in the form of say AHCC that, that is derived from the mycelia of shiitake mushrooms, which have been used for thousands of years for their medicinal properties. Um, the, the AHCC is a cultured mycelial product. So now you're taking that intelligence into your body and Basically, it's it's sort of like um, the immune system and the the brain of the the fungal organism. So you're you're taking those benefits into your body. So now, just from an, an immune standpoint, you are basically. Uh, up leveling or increasing the uh, immune intelligence of your body. So it's not a boost. It's not a suppression. It is modulating your immune system. And all mushrooms to a degree have some modu immune modulating effects in the body. Um, all medicinal mushrooms, I will say, of course, there are ones out there poisonous, just disclaimer, uh, don't go picking random mushrooms <laughs> and trying them out in your kitchen. Um, not, I, I have to say that because people will be like, oh, look what I picked. I'm like, do not eat that. I don't know what it is. There's, yeah. there's 10 times as many fungal uh, species out there as there are trees and plants and things. So don't, don't just go picking. But um, they do have some level, all, all of these medicinal um, mushrooms have some level of immune modulating effects in the body. And really, uh, I kind of talk about it being like the the team of of adaptogenic doctors that goes into your body and 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 asks what does nick need here does he need more relaxation and sleep does he need more energy does he need you know they're kind of able to assess oh we need to put out some inflammatory fires here let's do that they are intelligent so it's not like taking a static one dimensional pharmaceutical drug where it has one mechanism of action. It's, it's really dynamic and it has multiple mechanisms of actions so that it's really affecting positively 
almost every system in your body from cognitive to neurological to circulatory to endocrine, um, all these different systems. So it's, it's, it's not just helping one thing or one organ in the body. It's really supporting your entire physiology. That's amazing. What a beautiful description that you just laid out for people. I mean, to, and then, you know, to see that relationship of what's happening in, you know, their role, you know, so to speak in the environment. And then, and then what, what happens when you ingest them, or I'm sure there's lots of different ways you can take them, maybe suppository too and whatnot. But um, what, what happens um, is I think a lot of people relate anything ingestible as, as food, like calories. And, and there's so much more of an intricate dynamic that's happening when, when we are, you know, making these things a part of our, our physiology. And, you know, there's tons of research on the immune modulating effects from like cytokines to all sorts of other things. Um, so back, back to nature, just to, just for a sec, they're, they're supporting this, um, this exchange of nutrients there. Um, there's some really interesting, you know, you, you relate to it like an immune system or a brain, like ner- it's like kind of like this immune and brain nervous system that, that operates mm-hmm. in, in, the on the earth or in the planet. And, and then they have these like three to five day, depending on the mushroom, little expressions of their fruit. And then they, they kind of move on what, like how, how, what are they doing? Cause it sounds a bit like alchemy in some cases where they're taking these toxins and, and transmuting to something else and then give food to the, the to the plant. And mm-hmm. can you go into that just a little bit? Yeah. So just a disclaimer, I'm not a mycologist. So. That's okay. You studied this like crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> um, so they have all different roles in nature. Um, but I would say the, the one that mushrooms and funguses are, are most known for is decomposition mm. and just the beautiful life cycle of humans, animals, everything like plants, everything has this cycle of life and re, uh, excuse me, life and death and rebirth. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the mushroom is such a wonderful kind of snapshot of that beautiful cycle that we all experience um, and, and everything in nature experiences this. There cannot be rebirth without some level of decomposition and death. And so funguses, mushrooms are, I will say funguses because mushrooms again are just the, the fruiting body that, that, that uh, it's like an apple on a tree. It's not like the mm-hmm. apple's actually doing anything. Um, so the funguses are, can break down, they can break down wild stuff, obviously the forest floors and things. So when a tree falls, um, it's up to the funguses to really decompose that and and break it down into something that can then be like fertilizer for the earth and um and then make way for new life uh, in the forests so really really important i will just say kind of a digression here but if someone is going and picking um, mushrooms in the forest or a natural, hopefully you're with a professional, um, make sure you leave some, don't pick all of them mm-hmm. because they are so critical for, you know, these mushrooms really carry the seeds that then go out and get into the ground. And that's the, the they're called spores. That's what creates new mycelia and new life for our forests to keep doing what they're doing. If we don't have our forests, we don't we don't have a life on this planet. And so we need them to keep doing what they're doing. So leave some mushrooms, uh, don't take them all. Um, So really they're able to decompose, which is so important for the life cycle. Um, And then we see them also decomposing things. There's been all sorts of uh, experiments. Paul Stamets is kind of the godfather of uh, uh, mycelial education in the world. And he's, um, I got to meet him at Burning Man a couple years ago, and he's just a wonderful person. And I look up to him in a lot of ways. Um, But he's done experiments with actually uh, mushrooms being able to decompose things like oil and plastic and these really toxic things for our earth that man we don't we can't figure out a way to get rid of certain substances that we create in the lab but these mushrooms are so intelligent they can actually use that toxic sub to substance as nutrients for for their this organism and break it down use it as food to create then a mushroom just wild stuff so it's it's i think that's a, a beautiful just um explanation of how why mushrooms are so important for our earth is like they can do stuff that man hasn't been able to figure out yet. 
Yeah, and we and we need them in order to survive as well. So let's let's talk about um, AHCC. What, what does it stand for? And yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go into that. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like pulling Get up. Get ready. <laughs> um, so AHCC um, stands for active hexose correlated compound. And like I said before, it's, it's a derivative, it's a, a cultured mycelial product. And it originated in Japan in the late 80s. Um, of course, we've been using shiitake for thousands and thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and these Japanese researchers uh, were actually able to study uh, just the mycelia of the shiitake. And uh, they started clinical research on it in, the, in 1988 or 1989, I believe. And um, it hasn't stopped since. It is the most clinically researched functional food in the world. And it is uh, classified as a food. So it's, it's extremely safe. Um, but it has this level of potency of that of any pharmaceutical. So it's really, it's really quite interesting to read about and study. And that's why I was so intrigued by it when I just, you know, I ordered a few books off Amazon to learn about what is this thing, AHCC. And it was so astounding to see the clinical research and these outcomes that were, that were happening for these participants with stage four cancer and tumors shrinking in a, in a matter of months with, you know, things like Lyme disease and epilepsy and HPV and all these things that are like so hard for Western medicine to really get a handle on. <clears throat> I was seeing and reading like the gold standard of research, double-blind, placebo-controlled, in vivo trials with AHCC. And I think there's upwards of uh, 25 or 30 in vivo clinical trials now with AHCC, which is unheard of with supplements. Like in the supplement space, if, if, uh, if they have one, you one yeah. <laughs> if you get one in vivo clinical study, like that's like, okay, you're legit. So just to put it into, into perspective for people, so yeah, they they were able to encapsulate the um, the benefits of AHCC, and um, you know it's it's it wasn't formulated or marketed, I should say, or created with this like how how do we you know make this really snappy and sexy and everything so Deborah on the street remembers or wants to learn about AHCC. It's it's hard. It's mm -hmm. there's definitely been some hurdles, I will say, for for me um, or opportunities rather uh, really in educating people because with a name like AHCC, active hexose correlated compound, it, it it's it's just it sounds really dangerous. Hard. <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds like mm, I don't know if I want to take that. So it's it's I think that that's why I'm really the only person on the interwebs <laughs> really educating like I do because it is not easy. Like mm -hmm. if you only have your bottom line in mind. Um, with marketing and things like that, you're not going to go near AHCC. Mm -hmm. So um, speaking to the benefits, I, I, I named a couple of them already um, in that it increases your immune intelligence. And that's why I named my private label of AHCC immune intel AHCC. So right away, people mm -hmm. know that like, okay, I'm adding intelligence to my immune system. And this was post or no pre pre covid world mm -hmm. where um, you know now everyone is concerned there is a newfound global interest in immune health but this was this has been a thing for you know 30 years mm -hmm. so it increases the immune intelligence. It also has the ability to um, decrease CRP, C-reactive protein in the body which is you know directly tied to systemic inflammation. And then it also um, helps regulate or normalize cortisol levels in the body. Uh, and there's a laundry list of other benefits, but those are the big three where if you get more immune intelligence, lower levels of cortisol and systemic inflammation in the body, like there's, I don't know of one systemic condition that doesn't, that isn't directly yeah. linked to one or all three of those things. Mm -hmm. So that's why AHCC, you know, it, it looks like sort of this like miracle pill. Wow. Like snake potion, because I talk about it working for everything from seasonal allergies to HPV, to stage four cancer, to Lyme disease, to epilepsy, to skin problems, 
because you have such a broad, expansive list of benefits, really, in the body of, of mechanisms, you know, those multiple mechanisms of action in the body. So that's why it works for such a broad range of conditions and um, issues in the body. Yeah, I'm glad you discussed it like that, because that was going to be my, one of my questions when you first listed off some of the different targets for it, it really like from cancer to maybe immune, well, obviously immune modulation to, to, to mood to all sorts of different you know, situations. And, and that was kind of one of those questions. And I think you did such a good job of describing what they do in nature. And we're, we're seeing this mimicry that happens, you know, what's happening in nature often, because we are hopefully connected to nature. Um, you know, I think more people are starting to understand that that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can start to see some of this overlap and how it shows up in the body. But those are what well, you just listed off the CRP, the cortisol change uh, and the immunomodulating. I mean, that that absolutely is a mark of like pretty much every illness that you can experience Mm -hmm. so are they is it i mean i'm just sort of like getting my imagination going and saying maybe they're sort of like supporting uh the whole you know fascial networks the they're integrating into the body like how are they doing their their magic inside inside the the human physiology is it just like is it just from a biochemical point of view Mm -hmm. are they sort of integrating a little bit more into our cellular structures like how, how are they operating do you do you know that uh yeah so i i just got a visual of like mycelia growing yeah, yeah. in our body <laughs> and to my knowledge i don't that doesn't happen um really the, the 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 way that it works in our body is it's information it's informing your body so it's not physically growing you know mycelial structures in the body that's trans that your your body already does that your body already has the most beautiful, you are just as much of a miracle as the forest, right? So you don't need any extra structures, but a lot of times we get <laughs> through, you know, just lifestyle and exposure and environment. Like there is a constant barrage of things that are kind of going against our physiology and just little like tick marks against how our body should be operating, right? Mm -hmm. And so by using something like HCC or other medicinal mushrooms, it's information. So just like food is, food is information. It's, It's not just macronutrients and calories and all of that. It's really telling your body, okay, build this protein, break this down, release this fat, you know, okay, do some, we need some more inflammatory marker, like it's information. So something like AHCC is, is adding kind of a concentrated level of information for your body in, and mostly with, um, with the immune system in mind. So if you think of your immune system, like an army, for instance, what AHCC does is it, it goes in and helps to increase your the number of immune cells so increasing your army by up to 300 percent and also increasing or improving the the communication between all of those individual soldiers or individual immune cells by things like cytokines and chemical messengers and hormones and things like that the way that the ways that all the ways that are are beautiful little cells that that communicate within our body and send and receive messages, you are increasing the, um, the effectiveness basically of that well-oiled machine. Uh, um, so it's, it's basically helping your body get to a state where inflammation is at a point where uh, your body feels okay to heal. If you have systemic inflammatory fires all over your body, your body's not going to feel safe to heal the HPV or really be able to regulate the cancer cells that are mutating, right? So we have to get the body to a level of homeostasis where it feels safe to heal rather than doing damage control all over the place. So that's what AHCC and medicinal mushrooms help us do. I will say caveat, if someone's going through the drive-through five times a week, slamming monster energy drinks, you know, staying up till 2 a.m. watching, you know, Netflix and all of the things like insert any unhealthy lifestyle choice. And you just happen to like throw some AHCC on that, you know, dumpster. (laughs) It's probably not going to do, it may help, but it's, 
you're not stacking the deck in your favor. So I don't want to paint this picture of AHCC that it is a one and done, one size fits all, just flip the switch and your body's going to transform. No, it's really part of an overall healthy lifestyle. But a lot of times, unfortunately, we as people need wake-up calls in the form of sickness or different conditions in the body where I love this quote um, by one of my great teachers, Paul Check. He says, mm. sooner or later, your health will be your biggest priority. And it's yeah. so true because, and it's so simple, um, but it's true that a lot of times we need this wake up call of like, hey, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You don't have the money that you've built up. You don't have the cars. You don't have the family, all of that. None of that matters if you don't have your health. So sooner or later, this needs to be your biggest priority. And oftentimes the catalyst for change is is a diagnosis of some sort. And that's where something like AHCC can kind of come in as a wedge to an overall healthier lifestyle. Um, so little caveat there, but I, I, I don't want people to think that it's just like, a, okay, I'll just start taking AHCC and that's going to transform my life. Um, it's really part of a, a holistically healthy lifestyle. Yeah, that's, that's so important you said that. And, you know, I think that's, you know, partly you know, what you do on your podcast is what we do when we you know, interview people is really help people understand that there's this, there's synergy in this terrain and this whole vehicle that is you in this physical body. And obviously there's other influences, energetic and electromagnetic and whatnot. But I mean, really when we're trying to create uh, the most optimal circumstances for healing to happen, we do want to, as you said, stack the deck in our favor. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that quote just totally correlated to what you went through, you know, in your own healing journey, right? You know, eventually your the health of your body started to speak to you and said, Hey, Mimi, it's yeah. time, to, time to wake up. We got to, we got to look a little bit deeper here. Yeah. So what a beautiful way to bring that back to that. Those whispers that your body yeah. gives you in the form of like, oh, just a little zit here, or this here, right. or I'm not able to digest food. Like they will become yeah. screams and yells until like you can't do anything else but listen to your body. Yeah. I, I love that you communicated it as a communication tool. I mean, that's that's so brilliant in the way that I think that we can look at everything we put on and in or on our body. Uh, and, and to see this direct, you know, upregulation of immune function, uh, white blood cells and everything, uh, beautiful to, to really appreciate what is actually happening. And, and when I was kind of imagining that structural, you know, environment, you know, thinking, you know, we, we see this with candida, we see this with biofilms, we see this overgrowth in the body and we get into this mindset that, oh, we got to kill there's a, there's an overgrowth of candida. We got to kill that. You know, there's an overgrowth of microbes, there's overgrowth of virus or parasites or what have you. And, and really, I think if we changed our relationship to like, okay, there's some imbalances that are showing up here. Uh, even uh, who's it? Um, the doctor, I want to say Bredesen, but Dale Bredesen. Yeah. The, the brain hmm. guy. Um, he talks about how the hyphae of the candida in the brain are actually serving as a tool to help try to detoxify, mm. you know, and, you know, we have such a negative relationship to terrain. And, yeah. and I think the more we can appreciate tools like this to, up, you know, enhance our communication mm -hmm. system while we're changing our diets, while we're exercising, while we're changing our mindset, changing our identity and doing all this beautiful work that, that we all need to do. Um, that's when we want to bring in these tools and maybe even just bring it with us on the journey towards that. Because mm -hmm. it is, it's going to take some time, right? Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. I would it's, love for you to talk. Oh, sorry. Go, go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you've seen, like you've created this course for, for women to understand how to use the AHCC for HPV. And, and uh, yeah, I would love to hear some more application. Yeah, absolutely. So I... Um, I, in 2019, summer of 2019, I, I was able just like seriously so blessed to be invited to Japan where they, wow. um, where every, all the HCC in the world sources from uh, uh, Sapporo, Japan on Hokkaido. And um, they have a patent uh, for HCC and they, every year, Besides last year, they have the uh, integrative uh, integrative congress. Sorry, international congress on nutrition and integrative medicine. Oh my god, and that's it, huge! 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> it took me a second. Um, and it's basically like a huge conference of 500 people from 40 plus countries all over the world that are coming together basically and hearing the newest research uh, wow. from uh, around AHCC and a few other nutrients, but mostly AHCC. And so I went in 2019 and when I, when I was leaving, I was really struck by, or while I was there rather, I was really struck by the newest research around HPV, high risk human papillomavirus uh, in women and the amazing results that they were getting uh, with AHCC. And I shared, you know, something small on my story on Instagram uh, upon, you know, coming back to the States. And I had just gotten a flood of women that were like, what, this works for HPV? Like, tell me more tell me more. I want to know more. And it wasn't something that I've ever dealt with that I know of. Um, uh, so I, w- I, I really had to like dig in and learn more about it because I, I didn't realize that it was so rampant, that it was so common in the world and, and certainly in, in America. Mm-hmm. 14 million new cases of HPV diagnosed every year. That's just diagnosed. Wow. That's not even people who have it and don't know that they have it. Mm-hmm. And right now, currently, there is no regular test for men. So even if a man goes and gets tested and says like, no, I'm clear. I got I got STD tested. I'm, I'm clear. Unless they have the strain that causes something like warts, then they probably won't know that they have it. So then there is this veil of like unknown where you could be passing it to partners and not even know. So it's not out of a malicious thing. It's just like, unknown. Um, so women were coming to me, you know, this is not, and this is like, this is part of my job as, as uh, an educator is to kind of tear down these negative connotations, these negative stigmas with different conditions or diseases in the body, something like HPV that is sexually transmitted. Um, there's other way, the other ways that you can pick it up, of course, but most of the time it is sexually transmitted. I've talked to women who are virgins and get it but they've had the V word. They've had the, mm-hmm. the shot for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've talked to women who were virgins until they were married and got it from their partner, their spouse. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people who got it from the first time, you know, losing their virginity. So part of my job is to really try to tear down this negative stigma because when people feel shame, they don't want to talk about something. Yeah. They are not shouting from the rooftops. Hey, what did you all do for your HPV? <laughs> They're not doing that. And, you know, I I say it in kind of a comical way, but this is, this is real. Women are coming into my DMs every day. Like, oh my gosh, I just found out that I I have HPV. I don't even want to tell my partner. I haven't told anyone. I feel so disgusted with my body. How could my body betray me like this? So I was getting droves of just heart-wrenching stories from women who have nowhere else to go because their doctor well-intentioned as they might be because they see so many cases of HPV all the time because it's so common. They say, oh, just come back in a year. Your body will probably clear it up. Meanwhile, homegirls laying in bed wondering like, should I have sex? Is it okay to have sex? Like, should I, should I not date? Should I tell my partner? Should I tell my parents? What can I do? Is there something that I can do to like help my body get rid of this? They're given essentially nine women out of 10 are given no education on what they can be doing to help their body clear it. Yes, your immune system, that's what it's for, is to recognize something like a virus and deal with it, get rid of it. And you don't even know that it's a thing. But unfortunately, we live in a world where the environment is real. The toxins are real. The chemicals are real. The stress is real. So these stress buckets and toxicity buckets get full to the point where they're overflowing, where now a simple virus like HPV, your body actually can't handle it. So now it gets expressed and now it causes cervical dysplasia or now it causes something like warts. And so women are often coming to me as a place of like, I need help. I need education almost as like a, just a safe place to learn and to not be judged. Um, Mm. So with that, I was working with women one-on-one, kind of taking them through these major pillars of supplementation through AHCC, and then also nutrition. What what are the other foods that we're giving your body for information and for healing? Are we sticking to whole foods or are we, you know, is it a highly processed and, and junk food, fast food type lifestyle? That's not going to do you any favors with healing. And then the third pillar is a healing mindset for, or, or um, 
mindset for healing. So letting your body know every single day, like giving yourself at least five minutes to just like breathe and let your body know through different visualizations and meditations that I am safe. You can heal. I am safe. You can heal. And it sounds woo, but all three of these pillars are just as as important. Mm -hmm. They equally are all three so important. And so I was taking women through this process and and teaching them more about the virus also, but also what you can be doing um, as an advocate for yourself. And then I was just like, okay, this is way too many. I can't, I can't work with, you know, this many women. And so then Mm -hmm. I created the course called clear and um, it's a, it's a course that's uh, whose intention is to help you clear HPV naturally. Sometimes, that is just totally naturally with AHCC and lifestyle changes. Sometimes that is also working with your practitioner and, you know, if, if you need to get a biopsy or if you need to, you know, go down the, the route of Western medicine, that's up to the person. That's not my area of expertise. Um, I'm simply providing education and a safe place for you to learn about your own body. And then whatever you feel is necessary for your healing I'm empowering you to make that decision for you. But the biggest thing is that most women have no idea what's going on in their body and they have no idea that they can even do anything about it. So that's what I set out to change with Claire. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's not a space that you see many people talking about. Mm-mm. And it's and to your point, I mean, it's affecting <laughs> so many women and mm-hmm. so many women that I guess also would maybe, you know, after a pap, have, have been diagnosed with, you know, stage one to four cervical mm-hmm. dysplasia and maybe not even aware that there's a connection between, you know, HPV and that. And, you know, so, you know, I, I just wanted to, for those that are listening, women, you know, obviously when you're doing your annual checkups and, and, you know, you get maybe some news that you didn't want, uh, there's, you don't, you don't have to feel shame. I love that you brought that in because mm-hmm. isn't it funny? I mean, we, we, <laughs> I mean, COVID's another good example, but we live in a world where like, we're, we're literally afraid of one another and people are going to have questions like this. Like, can I be intimate again? Mm-hmm. Can I hold hands with somebody like, you know, basic stuff? Can I hug somebody? Am I, am I, am I a risk factor for affecting those that I love? And, you know, those are really, really important questions. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah, we don't, oh, I was just going to say, uh, and it's, <sighs> It's not, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to blame everything on the doctor, but um, unfortunately that's not part of the like appointment. The checkup usually is like some level of education about what, what the person can be doing for themselves. And so it oftentimes, you know, luckily, fortunately, HPV is a very slow acting virus. It's not like it's going to happen in a week. It usually happens over the course of decades where you see this, these sort of changes on the the health of the cervix. Um, So it is slow acting, but also like it's a serious virus and and it needs to be addressed. Um, But I think, uh, women are just left in this place of unknowing, unknown, where they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And my doctor didn't tell me anything, um, which is really, it's, um, I try not to blame or anything. Um, it, it's a really good opportunity for this woman who I may be speaking to. This could be the catalyst where she really takes her health into her own hands, mm-hmm. uh, literally, and is is doing the best that she can for her body, apart from her practitioner, um, really taking ownership. And that's underlying everything that I do, whether that be, you know, on my stories, just talking to people or in DMs or, you know, creating courses or uh, on my podcast, every single everything comes back to you being your own best health advocate. Your doctor is not in charge of keeping you healthy. Um, A lot of the models are changing, of course, where you have more of a partnership, you know, like an integrative practitioner that can work with you and not just prescribe, but really like look at your lifestyle and look at your emotional body and look at your, you know, spirituality and everything like that. It all plays a part. Things are shifting, but really, if there's one message that I want to put out there for people, it's to, to really take, to stop being a victim, to stop identifying with victim mentality. Because when you do that, yes, it's more responsibility for you. It's more learning, but also it's more freedom. 
mm-hmm. because you're taking it into your own hands and it feels like, no, I got this. I can do this. I'm smart enough to read the clinical research. I'm smart enough to get to the bottom of this. It might take me some time, but I can do it. And I think if, if, if the majority of people kind of had that switch in their mind, rather than someone else is in charge of keeping me healthy, I think that our world would transform. Oh man. Like if that's not the message for this past you know couple of years, I don't know what is. You yeah. know, it's funny. We, we usually end a podcast with someone sort of saying, what would you want your legacy to be uh, to leave with the planet? You just, I mean, intuitively, you just went there right away. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's so important though. I mean, I, I often reflect on this, like, why is it the people or what's the, the obstacle for people? And, and I sometimes relate it to just them saying the words in the head, this is hard. Therefore I'm not going to, I'm not going to choose me. And yeah. you just, you just completely, you know, gave people an opportunity to choose themselves. Mm-hmm. But you know, we can, that's something we can bypass spiritually, the, the, the hard, we can yeah. bypass that and move into, you know, uh, authenticity through, you know, being our own, you know, authentic, integral yeah. human, you know, yeah. that, that takes, as you said, education and, and a willingness to move into it. Even simply the, what I tell myself all the time, still every day, whether I'm in a workout or I'm trying to figure out something in my business or on the podcast editing or mm-hmm. something is the simple sentence. I do hard things. Mm-hmm. I can do hard things. I've done plenty before. I can do this. It's hard, but I can do it. And uh, if someone needs to tell themselves that or write it on a post-it or whatever, if you're in the, on the beginning stages of some health journey or whatever journey, um, you can do hard things. Just mm. tell yourself that over and over and over. And it will become a belief with, which then will bleed into everyday actions, which then becomes your life expression, right? It all starts with our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And if we don't if we don't identify and look at those belief systems in the beginning, then you're, you're not going to live this true, authentic, free life expression. If you don't even know what you believe, if you don't believe you can do hard things, you're not going to do hard things. Um, and a belief is just something that we say to ourselves over and over and over and over and over until it becomes subconscious. So say that over and over to yourself. If, if you're in that sort of mentality and you're just getting started and it's, I don't know if I can do this, like, to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I love it, Mimi. I mean, you you speak with such uh, authenticity. It's it's not like you're coming from your soapbox going like, this is how you should do things. It's like, hey, I did this and I, I still do this. You know, I'm still human. I, I still face hard things. And I remind myself of that. Like it really comes across very authentic. And I think that, you know, that's probably why you just rock it on your podcast. And, you know, you travel all over the world to learn more about this kind of stuff because you believe it and it's, and it's, and you see results with it and you're helping Absolutely. people get there. So that's, that's incredible. Is there, Thank you. I mean, a little reminder where people can go get, uh, get Mimi fit.com, uh, mm-hmm. any, and, and then you can access the HPV course on there. Any other nuggets, uh, and the, and the medicine podcast, of course, without the E uh, yes. medicine without the E. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, yes. M E D I C I N the medicine podcast. Um, I also hang out on Instagram a lot. That's where I do a lot of my education, um, on stories and posts and everything. And really the, the mantra for the medicine podcast is we, we like to say we are a a PG 13 deep dive into disease prevention for body, mind and relationships. So -hmm. that's a big umbrella. So we cover everything from, psychodynamic astrology to SIBO to keto to dental health pillars, everything that falls under that umbrella of disease prevention really on this holistic level. So it's, it's my, uh, it's my best resource for education. If someone wants to learn in in that way, if they feel drawn to it. Um, But yeah, education on Instagram uh, is uh, my handle is at Mimi underscore the medicine. And uh, I, I take pride in, in answering every single DM that comes my way. Might take me a couple days, but I do get to them, and I, I take them really seriously um, because oftentimes I know that people um, are just looking for a safe space to share. So I invite you to to come say hi. Yeah, well, I'm coming to say hi for sure. <laughs> and you know, I, I gotta say too, there's something pretty magical about having a chance to to be on a platform like this and podcast because. It, it anchors you more deeply into what you, what you already know mm-hmm. and, you know, getting all these different perspectives from different guests and 
doctors and professionals and experts. I mean, isn't it, isn't it incredible that people have a place to go where they can really anchor into some uh, new version of reality for themselves that, that yeah. is backed by all this amazing, you know, insight and you can really leverage so much of what you think you don't know when you're facing that, oh, this is going to be hard. You know, just tune into those podcasts, you know, yes. get onto the medicine podcast, get onto ours, get onto as many as you can and just start learning because that that's your opportunity. That's the new, you know, that's the new TV. It's, it's really like, it's time to really wake up and educate mm -hmm. yourselves. And so yeah. it's a truly a blessing to, to speak yeah. with you. And, and it's just this, you know, it's, you come as you, but with everyone that you've interviewed, you know, right. everything you've learned, it's so incredible. Yes. I say that all the time that I, when people ask like, oh, how's your work going? How's the podcast? I, I say, I feel so blessed to get to have expansive, deep conversations with all sorts of different thought leaders and experts and professionals in this space, people I look up to and I push record and then it's a gift, right? It's a gift to me, but it's also a gift to everyone listening. It, somehow, hopefully it's going to um, touch someone <laughs> that's mm -hmm. listening and, and really hopefully maybe be a catalyst for, for change, for transformation, uh, for you know, just living a, a life that you love is my goal. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything you shared today. You're incredible. Yeah, thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. And, and really like... Um, getting to educate educators is how this information exponentially expands. Um, of course, social media is great, but every time that I get to have a conversation with someone like yourself, where you're touching yourself, like mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of people between the t you and your wife, like that's how this information is going to grow exponentially. So I really do thank you for having me on and, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Well, we'll be following you and, and seeing what's, what, what courses and, and new exciting guests you have on, on the podcast. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.